map 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 the map report let my home back in Omaha see if I can make it out in the world Got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha where the fans, they always crying out for more. <laughs> Alright, well in that no, case, no, welcome to Pepperport number 72, March 7th, 2007. Welcome. Did you know that every time he does that, he looks at his watch? He looks at his watch to make sure that he's going to say the date right, yeah. Yeah. Check what time it is. Absolutely. Yeah. When I forget my watch, that's when I'm like, We rely on you for this kind of inside information. This is so great. I'm going to lay it all out. to provide us the inside That's right. Tune in number 72 when Clea lays out all the truth. That's right. The gossip. The gossip episode. Boy, that's the sound of people turning their radios off. This is exciting. Wow. It's also the episode where, yes, Clea and Story. That's right. Russ is off this week. And for the first time, I think this is the first time Russ Ever, yeah, because I think Russ has never missed before. So this is the first show Russ is well, off. Well, that's not quite true. Although I guarantee you people right now are trying to listen to our voices closely to figure out which of us is actually Russ spoofing us. <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, no, Hello, I am I Borat. I, I, oh. really, um, There'll be fewer um, imitations. Right. I, and I, I don't mean to make light of this. I'm just, just noting it for the record that uh, it should be noted that Russ is missing in order to um, attend a funeral. So, right. You know, that it is takes death to keep Russ him away. Misses the map report. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Should be noted for the record. Exactly. Um, so it's life or death thing. I'm gonna say about that. And exactly. you know what? That's right. very big of you, Story. Who's you know missed it for games or you know, oh, I'm just gonna take a vacation. <laughs> Story on the other way. hand. Ah, Mariners game. I, you know, <laughs> walk my cat. Air washing. Um, <laughs> At least five showers that just took precedence over the show. Oh, that's funny. Uh, You know, they were really good. They were at least like 60th percentile showers, though. They were definitely above average. They were like, you know, really enjoyable. Do do men like to do this this thing of... I love this, and I think it's more of a female thing, but I I like to always challenge the genders to... Occasionally. Take take really, really long showers, you know, like half-hour long showers. Do you ever do that? Uh, uh, you mean other than every morning? Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Between, sometimes I'll leave work early and say, I need another 30-minute shower today. Um, I, I definitely would say my average shower goes goes long. It goes for the end zone every time. But uh, is that because no, of the hair? Because you know, of the shampoo minutes, and the hair maybe. thing? 
That, probably, probably. It's gotten longer over time, you know, yeah. for sure. But no, I mean, I, I will take a bath if I really want to want to be in there for a long time. Like, I, but, like, to, uh, I like to consider yeah. myself a conscientious, you know, earth lover, but I will waste water like <laughs> the most Republican racist homophobe there is. Republican racist homophobes <laughs> correlate strongly to high shower use. We'll destroy yeah, the high, earth with long showers. <laughs> Yeah, they just like build waterfalls in their yards for exactly. no reason. Exactly, happens like, all the time. Yeah. Some dudes right. like, "Damn, welfare moms! All right, I'll be out in an hour." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Look, good lord! Oh, welfare moms! It's so beautiful. <laughs> yes, such, and such a pleasant noise it makes, unlike Ann Coulter. Oh, do yeah. you read the New York Times story? I do. Oh, um, you're, you missed. There was an article about my agency's uh, contract oh, really? um, that was in the New York That's Times exciting. on, I think, Monday. Hmm. It was great for us because they said it was a great program design, which is our design, That's but cool. poor implementation, which is our contractor's mm. job. So. Mm. It looked pretty good. Oh, okay. That's nice. Yeah. Good job. So they had a split okay. screen. That's they had good. Clea smiling like and, a, and like her friends theory, from her old job. Yeah, I'm yeah. messing it up. That's basically <laughs> what the New York Times said. But the funniest right. part yeah, is that like, my, my really? comedy buddy is the QA manager of one of the two contracts. You realize your comedy buddy might listen to this show, right? No, he never listens to the show. Okay. And uh, right. so he's like, he's like, okay, there's an article. Is he Andy Terrell? No. no. He, although that is a new comedy buddy. You heard that uh, Andy decided to join the stop stand-up comedy. Yes, Andy did an open mic. I saw. He did an open mic on to the map report. So yeah, yeah exactly. so we don't have to worry about him either. I was exactly. narrowing it down. Yeah, I'll just yeah. say it is Andy. We'll just okay. say it's Andy. <laughs> just for, even though it's a lie, okay. it's Andy. So, so Andy, Andy said, <laughs> "Works with you at the social service organization." Right. So this article is saying, speaking about how the quality of these vendors' services are so poor. And here, my comedy buddies, right. the QA manager of one of these companies. So it's kind of like saying, reading that you're, you know, you suck. You know, they don't name him. Right. <laughs> but pretty much it's like if that. If only work were then, you know, took it like a sports team. And they just right. had the boss go and chew out right. this guy for like five exactly. minutes. Right. And then, and you know, it would be all right. on the bench. Right. And say, yeah, you're suspended. You get to make the same paycheck for a long time, but just exactly. sit and watch people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That'd be That's awesome. That would be a good policy. Yeah. Well, to his credit, uh, it's uh, not his fault. The company is busy making him do other jobs to save money, so he hasn't actually been able to do his job uh, at all. Okay. So following stories, following your analogy, that's why he's decided to demand a trade to Chicago um, Social Services. Where <laughs> it's like, I demand my out. contract to be upped. I want a guaranteed contract. My I'm signing tired of being bonus. the water boy. I've been given 150%. You know, like, I mean, so, you know. Yeah, it's all part of that. I need to go to Council Bluffs, Iowa, where nobody has any real problems, and it wouldn't matter if I weren't doing my job properly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't take the glare and the big New lights York, in the big so. city. That's what it's at. That's yeah. that's what we're talking yeah, exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't take the real poor and the hardship, man. <laughs> going back to Council Bluffs. <laughs> he he becomes the one social, social worker. Service. Yeah, like the social worker in Greenwich. There's food bank out there for people who make $30,000 a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I want to go. I want to go help those people. But, oh, but you know what? It's so true, though. <laughs> when I, it up. when yeah. I was the f- first year getting out of college, making nineteen thousand dollars a year, helping my clients, right. you know, apply for food stamps and for uh, supportive housing, and I was like, like Can I, I apply? Last week, it was, it was great. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know all about it. Learn by doing. It's really, I've been it's through marvelous. it. Marvelous. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah I, I mean, know like, you have a lot more money than I do, but I still <laughs> think you just barely qualify. I, I really do. Well, yeah, I think I really actually do. I did have one client who was on SSDI, and he had used to be some. He was like a top salesman or a real estate agent or something. So he was receiving quite a, uh-huh. a large monthly income, larger than mine. Hey, the rich need <laughs> right. social workers. Somehow they've got to be able to cover social services for the idle rich. You know, like it's got to be. There's got to be some other people to help them out. They're just going to be on their own. Yeah, it's called employees, Greg. It's called a, a housekeeper and a driver. <laughs> I guess, but you can't talk to those, you know, those people don't understand the problems that you're coming from, because if you try to explain to your housekeeper... Are you going to be racist and say, because they don't speak English, Greg? No, I was going to say that they wouldn't understand the difference because of, they don't you speak know, $60,000. No, it has nothing to do with speaking English, you, but I find it interesting that you jump to that they're idea. Spanish and they're Spanish Honey, in Greenwich, the people are so rich, it's that the people don't speak English quite as well, not that they don't speak <laughs> English at all. But it's all, it's, all part of that, uh, it's all part of that process. And I was going to say you wouldn't have anything to say about oh, that, okay. because you work with actual poor people in the tenderloin, like you actually step on syringes right. on your way to work, as we've discussed before. So, oh yeah, that was a really, really yeah. scary story. You know? Story. I've story. concluded, by the way, I was thinking about that today, walking through, and I've concluded that uh, the needle must have been removed, the actual needle, because otherwise I probably would be dead. But I think that that's what makes sense. That the, but the what's stuck in your foot? Structure it's way too well, thick. You no, know, it's still no. I think that's what it was. I think that. Or he has the soft foam sole doxider. <laughs> Or, you know, alternatively, this is entirely a hallucination that I'm having in my death throes. And the last month has uh, just been a sort of drug trip from That's a uh, long-ass death row. Continuous death. It's that yeah. thing, yeah, what do they say, know. like you get your brains active for another like seven, ten minutes or something after you die. And so it exactly. seems like it's a long dream. Yeah. So really this is just like the, one of those really, really long dreams. Right. But maybe it's maybe this is the afterlife. Maybe right. that's what it is. Is you just keep uh running on empty. Everybody keeps going forever and and mm-hmm. never never gets disillusioned, you know. So <laughs> things are basically about what I would expect them to be, you know, going on in life. <laughs> Ups and downs. Very report, normal. Video okay. games trying to do projects so yeah that's, yeah. that's okay. the other alternative Could right. be. in which well, case no one is hearing this that's what you've been holding it all no. this time yeah. I've always wanted to say that not like a diatribe on so, some political or ethical beliefs <laughs> right you always wanted to do that when he was debating he's in the North American really Championship final he's like and that's why Mr. Speaker blah doesn't matter to blah blah they're like what well, could you you know, Greg, that, that's interesting that you bring that up because I, I always I, I talk to you this about this a lot, and I remember when I uh, I talked to you about this while I was still debating. I <laughs> I feel like your reaction was to basically not believe me and say, oh well, I would never be concerned about that with you. So I, I thought it was funny, but maybe maybe our listeners <laughs> will relate. Uh, all all the time uh, when I used to debate. And uh, and I had the same experience when I was when I was a kid. I acted a lot in plays. I used to be in musicals before my voice changed, and that went all to hell. So uh, you know, acting, debating, all sorts of things in front of a crowd and in front of an audience. Right. I constantly, constantly in my life, and and maybe to a certain extent on the Met Report. Although without the live audience there and with the editing process, it really isn't quite the same thing at all. Right. Uh, 
I, I constantly fought off this urge to say just outrageous things that would completely, you know, break the spell of sort mm -hmm. of suspension of disbelief that you're creating in that kind of environment. And mm -hmm. I constantly, especially in plays, but also in very important out rounds, would be fighting off this sort mm -hmm. of voice in the back of my head saying, you know, making your mom joke about the judge, you know, <laughs> break out of this and go on to an expository about how weird it is that all these people believe that I actually am Oliver Twist. You know, yeah. do these things. And it was just, sometimes it was the loudest voice in my head. Like, it would yeah. just barely be drowning out whatever I was saying of, like, make this point as the next argument. And it would never be quite enough to do anything more than maybe yeah. make me catch on a word for a, a brief moment. But, but it haunted me throughout my performing life. So Can I tell you, there, you know. the, the last play that I did in college... I unfortunately listened uh -huh. to that voice. Yes. <laughs> Did you this? really? Yes. That is awesome. There was you are immediately uh, my hero. Clea, <laughs> tell me all. This is awesome. Clea is made hero. You, Clea is my hero. Hero for life. Here it is. She's going to tell me why. Is a hero it was can say I always us. wanted to know. Yeah, I always wanted to know what would have happened. What, what would have been done? Well, what it, happened? It, it might not count, but I was, um, I oh, was in okay. a, a three-person play. And we okay. we wrapped up the first. It was a two act play, and uh, we came to an ending of the, the the first act, and the lights are supposed to go down, and the lights right. didn't go down. Okay. And instead of just keeping in character and walking off stage, I look up right. to the audience and go, "Well," <laughs> and then we all walk off stage. <laughs> <laughs> and like as soon as I get off, the director's like, "Don't ever." Yeah, that do sound that. you heard was the fourth wall shattering. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the last play I did I in see. college because right. it's a small liberal arts college. So of course, word gets round. Right. Clea, the woman who looks at the audience That's and it. says, "Hi, I acknowledge were you, your existence." Were you seriously ostracized after that? Did you try out for things and people would just be like, "Wow," <laughs> that and girl walk away from you? Dude, people ostracize <laughs> students for anything at Smith. This this happens well, all the time. No, like, no, it's seriously. not that. It well, that might be true. But it is true. It's what it is is you might know this that that um, college drama departments are ridiculous. They're so clicky. That's true. And. It, that's just the way it is. I was the and only non-drama major to break into my own drama department at UConn, so I can attest to this. It was very, very clicky. So, yes, I did audition twice <laughs> after, and I did actually okay. I introduced myself to one of the, the drama professors um, who was auditioning uh -huh. for the, when I, the second time. And uh, I, I had met her at the show that I had done, and I said, oh, I'm not sure okay. if you remember me. And she said, oh, I remember you. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember when you. The lights, yeah, the lights. You were that girl. Uh -huh. Oh man! And that's and that's when I stopped auditioning because I was already and a dancer. I was doing debate, and I was like, you know what? This is way too. I it's not worth it. I'm not going to be able to. Fair enough. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, thumbs down to uh, breaking out of character unexpectedly, huh? We're gonna we're yeah. gonna go ahead and say. Well, not, you know, not the map report seal of approval. Right, for that. Some plays, it might be, you know, improv. It might 
work, but others, yeah, not so much. Well, I mean, that's part of the thing that okay. happens in comedy. With th- This is the problem, uh, one of the big problems I have among many with the current Saturday Night Live, is that the, com- the comedians in Saturday Night Live now are forever. Horatio Sands is the worst at this. I mean, he breaks out of character every single skit. Every skit, he breaks, it, he breaks down and starts laughing. Every skit. And everyone's like, it's funny when it happens mm-hmm. once, like every, like Stephen Colbert, every once in a blue moon, will like start laughing at something he said, like when he's talking to Jon Stewart. And that's funny because it so rarely happens. If it happens every freaking time, you're like, you know what, why should I pay any attention to you? Like, if this is going to be the equivalent of, like, you know, a high school talent show where you're just going to be like, oh, that's great, and if someone's like, woo, you rock! You know, he's like, yeah, and then he, like, you know, then what's the point of doing all this? Like, and that happens on Saturday Night Live all the time. So I think for something like that, it can be a problem. You know, for Smith, like a, play, a three-person play, I don't think it's that big a deal. But. Well, who was it that we, that told us that they had saw Saturday Night Live live and thought it was the most hilarious thing ever and then they had talked to friends who had saw it on television and had said it was the worst show ever and that like maybe there's something that we lose with it that it's funny we're not actually seeing it live yeah because it's like saturday i had never heard that before and it was quite interesting when i heard someone say it i remember who said that i don't know it's just not as clever as huh. it used to be, but that. But also, I just think the performers are just—they're just not professional, you know, because they do stuff like that all the time. Because that's the thing, like, like story. The whole breaking the whole image. I mean, I guess it depends. Um, but I mean, can you imagine <laughs> in the North American final when you're doing the whole thing with, uh, like, it would it would have oh, almost sure. it would almost have been worth it though just to see Zirkin's reaction. <laughs> Because Adam, who was Story's partner, was Adam is a gr- Adam's a great guy and a mutual friend of all of us. But Adam can sometimes take things a little too seriously, and I could. And that, of course, that round was really a serious round too. So obviously, you wouldn't want to play around with it. But it oh, almost yes, would it have was. been worth it just to see Adam's reaction of like this horrified, like you know, what? <laughs> you know? It also would have meant pretty much the end of your partnership. I think right. Adam would probably never have forgiven you at that point. I don't know so, about that, but well, yeah. at least not for a week. <laughs> So, at that point, but. he would have said, that was the most unforgivable thing I've ever seen. Right. I love you. Will you go <laughs> the next tournament to me? Exactly. Yes, yeah. that's probably true. Exactly. This so. is the man who we called, we created the phrase Zirkinism to mean some, two immediately back-to-back contradictory things. Right. And, well, uh, shared it with him. And, you know and my favorite it, one so. story, right? Yeah. You know my favorite one? No, what was that? I asked him, this was, I guess, two, three years ago or something like that. I asked him how it was going with Samantha, his, uh-huh. gr- his girlfriend. And he said, well... We've kind of broken up until we decide to get engaged. <laughs> that is a direct quote. <laughs> We're broken up until we decide to get engaged, which yeah. is just tremendous. Yeah. And he meant it. No, he and meant he totally it. And it was true. Oh, it was true. Totally and true. He's having his baby. Exactly. Oh, and that's not yeah. all. So I wanted to this make a comment about that. True. This this was something I wanted to yeah. bring up on another subject. You know, sort of on a tangential subject, which is. She announced this, and I actually talked to Adam earlier tonight, and obviously since it's out there, it's not like we're revealing a secret. So Adam, our friend Adam, who some of you may know in the listening audience. Congratulations. Um, congratulations is going to be having a baby. We hope. Well, well his wife is going to be having Knock a baby. Knock on wood. Yeah, but the thing is that she announced this on MySpace. And I asked him, I said, now, did you announce this? Did, yeah, where did you announce really this first? Yeah, used her webpage. <laughs> Why would you announce it on Greg's webpage? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Which was insane. really scary. I was like, 
People are like, the, it's like the Rhodes next gig and Samantha's having a baby. Like, yeah, but right. no, no, but like, like our CD release party will coincide with, with the baby shower. Right. It was like what? It's like you know, there's an emu. We're we're gonna name it Mab. Exactly. I think, and you know, congratulations to that. So so this was on her MySpace yeah. page. Let me say. Yeah. But the thing that was strange was oh, okay. she had told a couple of close friends and family members, apparently according to Adam. But basically, the majority right. of the world found out through MySpace to the extent where he said, yeah, it was a little awkward when my uh-huh. uncle said he had found out from a mutual friend from MySpace, hey, so congratulations that, you know, your niece-in-law is having a baby. He's like, she is? And all of a sudden, there was a lot of explaining to do. And what I wanted to say was, now, I know a story about your sense about emotional honesty and that obviously right. that's important in websites and everything. Is it a little bit over the top, though, to reveal that you're having a baby on MySpace, it, like, to initially anyway? Like, isn't there... Is that a little... Well, I think... I, well, I don't want to speak for... St- sorry, I'm, I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but... No, go ahead. I think it's okay as long as you tell the significant people first. I'm not clear they and you give that. And <laughs> you give it time to press, and then announce it to the world. Yeah, I think the general threshold of, like, you know... I mean, it's the same, like, if somebody died or something like that. Although death is a little more sensitive, perhaps, than, than life. Yeah. But, you know, in general, <laughs> my intuition about that is That is thing, a tremendous quote. <laughs> Death is perhaps a bit more sensitive than life. Uh, Story Clayton, 30707. I mean, you know, <laughs> never forget. But, um, you know, I gotta Sorry. say, like, my intuition on this is, is not far from Samantha's, which may be the only time I've ever uttered that. That is great. This is a will. series of quotes but, um, that must, must be kept forever. I love it. It's tremendous. I'm just dropping quote bombs like crazy. Great. But, uh, you know, like, to me, I mean, I definitely, as someone who has blogged daily for, you know, coming up on seven years and never intends to stop and uses it more than anything as a detailed diary and chronicle of my life and its major events, you know, I, I'm not inclined, I think, to, you know, wait three to seven days to announce major events. I'm probably going to announce most of, most of them at the time that they break. So, you know, yeah, it's like whoever you can call in a quick session of phone calls and then anyone who doesn't make those charts, you know, they can read about it. <laughs> Sunday paper. On MySpace. You know. We know where we count on Story's life, is if we, which it happens so, most of the time, exactly. right? We yeah, yeah. learn the what happened to Story by seeing it Well, not really. Blog. We, not really. It depends. Sometimes you just, you, you can sort of, you can interpret based upon the vague cloud-like formations right. of diary entries. Story's like, and that's why rain yeah. is the constant in my world. We're like, what? What does that mean? You sit around. Does that mean that you think that maybe he was having a hard time at work? Right. Or, or could it mean maybe yeah, um, but uh, no, I mean like yeah, I guess that I do like being cryptic. Yeah, but I'm like that in my personal life too. Like I say things like that. I'll have whole conversations with people where I'll just sort of spout things like that too. So yes. it's not really different than talking to me. I yeah. might call you and just say rain is the constant. <laughs> Yeah, and then the person's like, "Who I, is I think this?" Like, oh, hinge sorry. on whether whether major stuff goes down on a Wednesday, Greg. Right. Okay. Whether you find out in the phone tree. I see. I see. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Was like, because the other thing was she posted it as a bulletin entry, and I was happening. To, I was checking actually to see whether the bulletin entry I posted about our CD release party had gone out. So I was like, "Check bulletin entries." Like okay. entry from Samantha. We're having a baby. I'm like, CD "Oh, and hello release. to you." It's yeah. just like, what? Like, I mean. And you know, this could be my party on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I was I like, saw you know, a really cool email. Here's my forward of it. Yeah, and I'm it's having a baby. Yeah, I mean, like, I you know, know. So I really think, 
I mean, as much as you may make fun of me for still maintaining not having a cell phone, I really think that your sort oh, of gut attitude about these things <laughs> will also, uh, you know, will also sort of go the way of people who don't have cell phones over the over the next fifty years. Like, I think this will be pretty standard. You know, I mean, there was an era. Uh, my dad does a lot of genealogy stuff. Has taken an interest in that because you know he's getting older, and so that's. Innately, what people do as they age. They become interested and, in genealogy. Uh, okay. You know, he's been talking a lot about sort of the the protocol of things that were done and not done. And he he mentioned something the other day about you know he has all of this this sort of archive of letters from the family and from his parents and things like that. And uh, he was saying you know this came up and and it was too important to be in a phone call. And that sentence just blew my mind. Wow. Like, what do you mean hmm. too important to be in a phone call? What, what, what does that mean? That, that's insane. And it's like, you know, well, it was just something that you would expect to find out, you Smoke know, signals. via the mail, you know, in oh. writing and something that's really, you know, a formal communication and not just something that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you find out in a phone call and whatever. And he talked about sort of the whole groundwork behind it if long distance was really expensive and you couldn't go into the detail you would want to right. in a long distance call, et cetera. Yeah. But just the concept of too important for a phone call. You know, it's like you mail something off to 911. It's like, help, help, being attacked. <laughs> you know, this could end my life. It, you really, it's really something I can't explain in full yeah. detail. I'm, you know, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's mind-blowing. So I, I just feel like your intuition about that is the same yeah. the same voice, the echo of the past of yeah, I mean, too important for a phone call. I honestly don't yes. have an issue with it. Um, my only reticence has to do with, you know, that, yeah, there's still kind of that social expectation and that people's feelings may get hurt um, because of that social expectation right. but but I'm you know I'm fine with it, especially being someone who lives on the opposite side of, of the country from many of my family and loved ones so it's kind of like right. you know I'm not going to call every single one of you well, but there there's still kind of that social <laughs> implication of mass emails I mean, mass mails yeah like okay. couldn't you send it an email chain because like sure. my attitude would be like on my maybe the, maybe this is coming from the fact that to be perfectly honest all the friends i mean as everyone knows i would i would blow up my space if i possibly could because i think it's the clunkiest piece of garbage ever um and maybe it's oh, because i would too but that has nothing to do, nothing with, to do with the subject but i guess like you know <laughs> we have like 200 some odd friends and to be perfectly honest my basic job when i'm doing this is to weed out the white supremacists and like if you're not a white supremacist you could basically become a friend right. of our band because we're trying to spread the word you know and so I don't know that I'd be acknowledging and maybe Samantha's group of friends that's I, you know maybe they're friends that she's all personally vetted and so these are the people she'd be getting in contact with but if I made such an announcement you know like you know John from you know Utah who has like a I don't know a band of Mormons or something is going to be like wow that's wow thank you is that what they call a group of Mormons a band in Utah they do they're not particularly imaginative a band they just call them a, a band flock. are you sure it's not a Flock. It's a band. <laughs> it's a gaggle. Are you sure it's not a gaggle? A gaggle You've of Mormons. Like a covey of Scientologists. I don't know. You know, a, a herd of. Right. It's like a murder of crows. I gotta, I gotta make the pitch for a herd. Yeah. I really think it would be a, a herd? herd of Mormons. I still I like. Say. I like gaggle. Gaggle of Mormons. My favorite is a murder of crows. Gaggle. Just because it makes no gaggle. sense. Yeah, a gaggle of Mormons. For some reason, I'm thinking gaggle of Lutherans. I don't oh. know why. No. It's coming to me. Well, okay. Um, you know. All right, well. A, a covey of uh, Presbyterians, perhaps. <laughs> you know.
a loose, unaffiliated association of Unitarian Universalists. Yeah. Just happened to be walking down the same street. That's that's pretty clear. A pride of Catholics. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like particularly upset. I just thought it was, I don't know if it was just like sign of the times or I don't know. I guess so. I guess that's what it is. Maybe, maybe like these things aren't important enough for text messages. The apocalypse is pending. Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe that's what it is. It's like the text message thing, you know? Text messaging? Really? Really? Do pe- really? Are there people older than 12 who text message? Dude, yeah, no. Really Most of my students text I message rather now. than email or, t- or phone. Yeah. Like, that's the gap that's finally appeared. The generation yeah. gap is the bloody text messaging. People will text message rather than call you. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They're like, hey, and it's pushing. It's pushing 20s now story. I mean, yeah, um, I, I see quite a few... Pr- professionals you know and especially now with all the blackberries and the sidekicks yep. you're talking 20 30 year olds now that are doing doing it yep my meter of like whether it's worth it to continue living on this planet <laughs> <just> radically shifted <laughs> it's just really like i mean it's like 0.5 degrees it's not like you know now yeah, it's, it's not much to, of a right. It, right it's still like it's still a jolt for the you know life worth living meter well text That's me about really, it later yeah, really a shock to the system well yeah text us hey. when you get low enough uh, are you, you should worry about it i wonder though it's going to impact hi my to, papers man hi to you yeah like what's yeah. up lol it's already well, impacted I read you know? it. I, I actually did, and it, and it may have been a New York Times thing, but I saw some sort of online article about that, about, like, you know, uh, it's not Leet Speak. That's what I'm familiar with it as, because right. it's from RPGs. Right. But it's actually, you know, TXT Speak or whatever is infiltrating academic papers. And I was just like... Yep. Oh dear! It really, is, you know, because and that seemed yeah. like a pretty, a pretty big affront to it amongst twelve-year-olds. But I think it was couched in middle school. I still think it was not like, well, you know, people of a reasonable age or expectation are doing this because really. Well, it's true, and it's it. hard to say where it's going to go. Like I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because you have some people who are saying it's awful. But then you have some people who are like, no, it's the return of literacy. I'm like, well, yeah, where literacy is defined as smiley face, BRB, and LOL. But I mean, like... People are reading Harry Potter and their phones! <laughs> exactly. Yay! At the same time. Yeah, and I mean, Harry Potter, you know, it's yeah. funny you bring that up, because I Harry really do Potter think... Harry actually inspires them. Yeah. Text message right. more. Well, no. This is so great. I think that Harry Potter is standing up next. against the cultural, you know, attack of text messaging. I think, in a way, and I'm not being really. I don't think that's hyperbole. Like, Harry Potter has actually got people fired up about regular reading, which I think is all to the good. That's why I don't care Clearly how much money she you makes. you haven't yeah. heard the title of the seventh book that was just released, which is Harry Potter and the LOLOL. That's amazing. <laughs> Harry Potter yeah, and the Dumbledore R O F L M A O. JK. <laughs> JK. Uh, oh man. JK. Get it? Get it? I had uh, I had one of those things happen to me tremendous. today. Maybe you guys can interpret this for me because I think this may be a result of what's happening with text messaging and what it's JK done to this generation. Rowling. Text message yes. today. Uh, LOL to JK you Rolling. Have such amazing experiences that just happen to be relevant. Well, awesome. you know what can I say? Go ahead. So I, Clea and I have been talking about the possibility of getting a. Now here's the first connection. A Nintendo Baby. Wii. W-I-I. Oh, I'm so going Getting a baby. W-2. Getting a baby. <laughs> Get in our house. No, uh, Nintendo Wii. Do you, like, do you like my vocal edit there? You can't touch that, Wilson. I don't care if you're editing this show this week. Maybe I'll give you a Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, getting a Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. But uh, getting a Nintendo Wii, which, as you know, is spelled W-I-I. So that's the first connection, right? We've been You're thinking curious. about doing that. Right. And uh, so we were. I was looking. Uh, I looked 
online for it, and I didn't. I hadn't been following this too closely. I knew there was a lot, a big run on P, on PlayStation threes, but I thought the Nintendos were available. But apparently right. now the Nintendos have gotten so popular that they have now ended up being out of stock. So uh, it was hard to find one. Okay. So I looked online, and there was this one thing where they had some available at Target. I said, okay, fine. I, there's a Target two miles away from our house. I'm going to go there and check it out. So I go to the Target, right. and I go down to the electronics section, and this girl is there, and she looks like she's maybe like 17, 18. And I'm like, you know, you know, can you help me? I'm looking for this console or whatever, and I'm looking for this Nintendo. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, we're sold out of that. And I was like, oh. I was like, all right, well, you know, you might want to let somebody know, because it does say that, you're, that you have it in stock online. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, we might have it. She said we might have it, but when we scan it, we don't know where it is. And I was like, I- I'm sorry, what? And and she w- and she was like, well, yeah, see, because like the problem is like when we scan it, we don't know where it is, but we might have it. I'm like, you just said the same thing, but you changed the <laughs> like, words. Now I will repeat the <laughs> Right, it's exactly. I was like, <laughs> will you get it now? I was like, <laughs> it's in reverse. I, I was, so I'm just sort of looking at her, and she's giving me this look like, oh my God, doesn't he get it yet? I'm like, oh, okay, so you have them in the building, but you don't know where. And she's like, maybe. <laughs> and I was like... R U L O L I R L. Like I was like I, I was like what? So allegedly, and I went back after I left the store. I actually went back maybe. to the website. That was the best possible answer. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And and it was still listed, and it was still listed as being in stock. So clearly, the Target headquarters okay. thinks that this store has. Nintendo Wii's in stock. So either they are playing a bunch sure. of open Nintendo Wii's somewhere in the back room, or some dude over in like home furnishings or like you know baby clothes is having a great old time with the misshipped Nintendo Wii collection. And I was like, why wouldn't she understand that that was confusing? Like she was like, oh yeah, they sometimes do that because we might have it, but we don't. I was like, do you do you understand what you've just not made clear at all to anybody? And she was just <laughs> flabbergasted that I had no idea what she was talking about. So I think this is the problem, what really. What you were flabbergasted by was that you were expecting customer service. Well, yeah, she there is like, that, you too. You don't expect me to help you find it, right? Right. You know you're on your own. It could be behind the lazy boy. We we don't know. Exactly. Did you ask anyone else for help, Greg? I Go did. look in toasters. I did, but the other guy that I had <laughs> asked, well, I didn't ask anybody else while she was standing right there, but the other guy that was there was sort of working in the same department had previously been sent by another customer to find a magenta iPod Nano and had returned with a bright blue iPod Nano, which was not magenta. And he was just like, oh, uh, I They're thought that was... teaching three colors these days. Yeah, I know. Well, she said to him, she's like, they that's not magenta. Three packs. Yeah, exactly, without the sharpener built in, presumably. Because I said, I was like, can you go get the... Because she, she said, she's like, oh, no, that's not magenta. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he, as he was going off, he had this look in his face that made it clear that he was next going to go for the yellow. Like, he clearly had no sense. You know, he was yeah. primary colors, and that's all, and there was never going to be any other... So, at that point, I thought I was pretty much in trouble anyway. And I actually called when I left the store, which is an obnoxious thing I used to hate when I was working at a store like this, and I called back. I was like, "Hi, are you sold out of the Nintendo?" And she's like, uh, "And I'm sure it was the same person." She's like, um, "Yeah, we don't have that in stock." And I was tempted to go because your computer says, and then I'm like, "Okay, that's too much. I don't want to go through the same conversation." So it didn't work out. But I don't know. I guess it's a combination of lack of customer service and just lack of ability to articulate a clear position on things in life, I guess. <laughs> I, I just, and that, and look at our president. So I guess it all makes sense. He can't articulate anything either. So I guess it all fits, but that it's amazing to me that he could just be that. She could just be so unclear. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Greg. Yeah, it's, uh, it's remarkable. I'll give you that. <laughs> but, uh, 
I don't know what to say. I I really I have so little to offer on that. I mean, I you know I I come from this. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, you stunned story. You hit for seven points of damage. Um, you don't know, worry, I'll just I, edit that out. Like I yeah. No, I I. Uh, I'm the person who hates being helped in stores, so it's very hard for me to relate to anyone. Oh, I don't like that either. Story of like most of the and time. And then they were unhelpful, and I was like, "Oh, they left you alone. Thank the good Lord." <laughs> I know. You were so. Could I help you? Yeah, I know. Because I really, I just hate people talking to me in stores, contacting me, the insincerity, the salesness of it all. Like I would <laughs> really rather the stores all. were completely. <laughs> yeah, the, I would really prefer that stores were empty places that had price tags and self-checkout, you know, and yeah. some sort of theft prevention mechanism. <laughs> I was going to say, sure, how about you, know, you just stop fine. there? I would also prefer you this. <laughs> price tags and no cameras. That would be you great. Know, I give them completely the right to prevent theft. But other than that, <laughs> you know. I give them the right I, to prevent like, theft. Why, yeah. why have why have staff? Just obnoxious. Yeah, it's, but it's is that so, because of the way know, things have gotten? Is that because you don't like people bothering you, or is that because of the way how bad yeah. customer service has gotten? Yeah, what if they were good customer service people? I mean, and I, I'm trying to think. I, I, I was like, well, I recently have asked someone for help, but it was to unlock a case. That was locked. So <laughs> I don't know if that really counts. You wanted to go up and be like, can like, you give me your key so I can unlock the case me. for myself? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that exactly. probably doesn't count. You know, under my new theory, it really doesn't, it really would be about the same either way. Right. So I don't know. I, I I mean, it's hard for me to imagine because I don't feel like I've ever lived under, like, a good customer service model, so I don't know what that would be like. But I feel like even when people are providing me with what someone from the 1950s would tell me is good customer service, right. I'm just going to feel like it's, you know, some over-salesy, obnoxious type of, you know, activity that, like, they're being helpful and they're also praying for commission. So, you know, well, it's just, but you, um, you're it's like close enough to being uncomfortable. Yeah. You're like me, right? You love like Disneyland, right? Or like the olden, olden days Disneyland. Not, I do. Yeah. And I do like, and that Disneyland, is, yes. that is like the last vestige of <laughs> real customer service. Of we're here to make you That's happy so and, ple- and please, and please you. More and, fake, huh. as, Russ, as Russ would put it. Especially. I mean, like our friend, I, we have a friend um, Christine and Christina that love they go to Disney World or, or, or cruise once or twice a year um, just purely because it's like the last place on earth where you get treated 100% customer service every every need they that they can That's meet so they want to meet yeah so I don't know I mean I'm not sure I ever would have thought of Disneyland as being a customer service experience and maybe it's because I've probably literally never bought anything in Disneyland. Yeah, I think it's because, and yeah. so, I mean, other than food, maybe. But food is different. Like, I love restaurants, and I like restaurant service. Yeah. So, restaurants are in a totally different category. But, um... I think but, it's because Disney know, World I, I is a little bit different. with sales. Yeah. Huh. It's a, Disney okay. World is a little bit different, and, and unless you're a kid and, you know, get, getting all of the attention of other things or going out to get attention, you might not see it. Especially, like, I don't know if you do Disneyland like right. me, where it's pretty much like, just stand out of my way, let me go and do, you know, I just do all the rides and just wander around and do it with right. a big smile right. on my face. So, sure. you know, you don't even really need to have much yeah, interaction with much. anyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which probably so, says a lot I mean, about that's us. Why I think I would never really think of it. Yeah, it's Disneyland, like, it's where really families get closer and individuals get and more I mean, lonely. 
<laughs> Disneyland, the place for you yeah, by yourself. It's pretty much. Yeah, that's funny that you say that. I mean, but there were re- incredibly nice and helpful people who were running the rides. And, like, yeah. this one person, when when I went with Russ and Emily, who saw that I was wearing, you know, a Mariner's jacket or hat or some of the other millions of Mariner's paraphernalia that I'm constantly wearing. Right. And, uh, and like, talked to me. She also happened to be a Mariners fan, but she talked to me about all of this... Uh, you know, Mariner stuff, and we, you know, we talked about the team while we were waiting in line for Pirates of the Caribbean. It was great. Right. And because we were talking, she, like, totally gave us the good seat. Right. And then, when we got off the ride, she had switched her job placement with somebody else so that she could tell me that Jamie Moyer had just been traded, which was, like, the day of the Jamie Moyer trade. And wow. she's like, I've got some news from you. And she was working on a totally different part right. of the ride. Right. And it was awesome. I was like, you came all this way and clearly, like, switched over so you could tell me this. Yeah, and we're like looking out for me. That is that is incredible. Wow. So that was my customer service experience yeah. at Disneyland. There you and go. That was truly tremendous. I was so impressed. Yeah, I was like that is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, so, and and I think that everyone. So yeah. there, there are little stories like that. I mean, it's it's they they try to. That's what mm-hmm. they sell themselves on, but also, you know, they try to sure. create a family atmosphere for their staff. So the staff is kind of like, you know, people will right. work there for ten, fifteen, twenty years. You know, and and it create a real right. family experience but i don't know in i'm from seattle and in, in seattle uh, where nordstrom's originally came from and nordstrom's used to be really famous for its customer service that's what made it different than a lot of other department okay. stores and um i remember one time i fainted and right away i was taken uh prices were so great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right away five dollars <laughs> <laughs> I bought a lot of things that day. No, um, I was uh, right away. You know, they they called you know an amulet and uh, they. Uh, yeah, get ready I, for the punchline here. An amulet? I'm sorry. I really thought you just said they called an amulet. <laughs> They're like, we believe in different kinds of healing here at Nordstrom. We call upon the power of the amulet. <laughs> and then when that didn't work, they called an ambulance. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> They're like, okay, fine. No, fine. What's You're no fun. Ambulet, yeah. ambulet is yeah. a word, Greg. Huh? It's a, it's a smaller ambulance. No, no, no. But he thought you said amulet without yeah, an e. Yeah, I understand. Ambulance. I know what he said, but then you said it. And then they yeah. called it ambulance. Oh, right, amulet. Well, ambulet is actually ambulet, which is the busted version of an ambulance. Okay, fine. So Nordstrom okay. calls an ambulet. Yeah, and you know, after they made sure I was okay, they they took me and to. And then the they called in some ambient. <laughs> and then they just got a guy named Amb, who may have been a doctor at one point or another. Um, so they call in this person. All right, so they call the person Ann. And then they took me to once they took. So it was okay. They took me up to the cafe and they gave me a free meal and, you know, they had a customer service woman stay with me for a while and we talked for a little bit. You no, know, no, 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 you're missing the punchline. Who was it that you saw when you came out of your, you know, fainting spell? Okay, Mr., yep. you know, insecure. I didn't Let's have to... That's not the punchline of the story. This is the point that matters to you. For you, Mr. Insecurity. It was a hot guy. There was a hot guy who was the EMT who was seeing yes. her. That was the positive customer oh my service. Gosh. Is that really the hot where guy. we're going with this? It was a hot well, guy. That's the, I do tell that usually as part of the story, but I didn't think it was needed since it doesn't have anything to do with the point that I was trying to make, Greg. <laughs> I just thought it was part of the issue. <laughs> Nordstrom's where we get you hot EMTs <laughs> if you faint. 
that was the basic customer service deal. Okay. <laughs> well, because like uh, that customer service is a very difficult. I I agree with story that it's a very difficult line because I mean obviously I worked in a place for a while where customer service was supposed to be a big thing, and it's a difficult line to draw because you don't. You know, you you want people to act as if they're happy. You know, they, you just want people to act normal. Like I always wanted someone who was going to act normal and who I could really <laughs> actually say, who would actually look yeah. at me and say, you "Yes, I used some, to I have mean, this item, or I used like to have this thing." Like what you were saying, story. I mean, you don't, don't like want it. someone fakey. You right. want it to be like you they're actually like fake. that woman you gave the example of, right. it, like someone like it actually right. looks genuine, like they really do care yeah. about and are interested and, right. and want to you know help you and enjoy the the company, your company, and that kind of thing. You want it to be genuine um sure you know that's like that's the reason that greg didn't like the the service at this one really expensive restaurant we went to it was my, so my dad obvious. was in new york because yeah. the guy seemed fakey and it's almost like he's like well sir <laughs> let me explain just shut up you don't care anything about us and you're just hoping for a bigger tip right. you know like it was just so obviously syrupy over the top ish that i was like ugh you know, that's if you have customer service that leaves you feeling like you want to take a shower, that's that's not the kind that you want. You know, you you want something more organic and really? natural and that kind of thing. You know, especially if you'll be taking There's a long so shower. There's so many places I could go with that, but I'm just not going to go there. Yeah, you don't want that kind of customer like, service. This is really <laughs> customer service, if you catch this my really meaning. Too easy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm just yeah. going to leave it. Oh, I goodness. mean, it's just. It's one of those where I'm Charlie Brown kicking the football because there are just too many places to go, <laughs> exactly. so I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, and the wind-up, and, uh, 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 yeah. There's just too much. Yeah. You know, uh, you just don't, Pretty much. You just don't want that. Much, you want yeah. organic. You want it to feel, you know, natural and part of the everyday experience. So you, you're saying you should feel like you want to take a shower afterwards, but it has to be an herbal essence's shower. Exactly. <laughs> then you'll I don't fine. think that's quite what I'm saying, but that's fair enough. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what I meant, but, but fair yeah, enough. Yeah, but that's what he's hearing, Craig. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what he's hearing, and that's what really that's matters. That's what I'm hearing, Craig. <laughs> and in my world, what I'm hearing is what you're saying. Well, that's... So. Did you ever have Good that... Enough. That's the one that I think is the worst from customer service, are the people who, you know, you say something and you make clear that you want something, and in as polite a way as possible, they basically dismiss what you've just said and go on to return to what they were saying initially. So you're just like, no, I'm really not in there. Like, yeah, well, right. I can totally understand that, but what's great about that, and you're like, wait a minute, go back to the part where I said I didn't want that. How did we avoid that part? And the I one think this happens in real estate a lot of the time. Yeah. Not that I have any experience with it at or all. Used car or used We'll talk about it at all beyond this sentence. But I'm sure that, you know, I hear that that happens in real estate a lot. <laughs> People are like, yeah, so I'm really looking in this area. And they're like, oh, so we'll drive over to this opposite side of town? No, I really, I really want this area. And two bedrooms. Oh, so we'll look at a four-bedroom uptown? <laughs> uh, no. You're like, no. I'm really okay. It's I true. Really yeah. And the ones who are best at it convince you that this is what you really would have wanted in the first place. You know, as you're en route, they're like, yeah, isn't this so right. much more? And you're like, yeah, why did I want that other thing? What are we, who am I? <laughs> have I given you my checkbook? Why haven't I done and that? And then you realize that the salesman isn't there to move in with you, and that voice is no longer in your head. <laughs> oh, why no! <laughs> exactly. Why did I think this was good? Oh, my Tell God. Again. I, I don't think I've, I think I've told yeah. this story before off air, but when Clee and I were getting our apartment here in the Bronx, one of the real estate agents that we were looking, that we were, you know, working through, she was, she had found this one set of apartments, and she's like, oh, you know, let me show you where all this, you know, let me show you where this is. She took us to the apartment, it was okay, and she's like, now let me drive and show you where your neighbors are, 
And so we, she gets in the car with us, and we drive over to this little part of Riverdale, which you is... You need to drive to the neighbors? Oh, no, no, not just any neighbor's story. The in neighbors. New York City? The neighbors. I'm so confused. These neighbors in Riverdale, because okay. you see, here's the thing. The Riverdale, Riverdale, where we live, is in the Bronx, but the people, as this agent made clear to us, don't want it to be known as the Bronx. They want it to be known as Riverdale, because Riverdale is kind of an upscale area. And especially the place where she took us sure. is this place where we're these... Gorgeous, like Great Gatsby-esque houses on cliffs and all this stuff, right? And right. she's like, and, and and she's like, I just wanted you to see who you'd be living near. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, for what purpose exactly? So I can know these are people that will blow me off as I walk past them. Like these are the people who will try to run me over when I'm walking on the crosswalk. Like under what circumstances? I'm never going to say hello to these people. I'm not going to move in these people's circles. We certainly could not afford one one hundredth of one of these places. So really, all this is is so that you know you're living near people with much more money than you. Here's where they are. In case you're wondering, here's a big sign indicating rich people live here. As it, I don't understand that, but apparently that's one of the real estate things is they show you the neighborhoods you live next to <laughs> which just doesn't i don't i don't know i don't see how that's valuable to be honest but that's yeah i guess that's part of the technique you know well i think she just thought it was kind of a fun thing well, to show us and then they were some really gorgeous gorgeous houses and and an interesting thing but too they is weren't going to be ours is the point. <laughs> hey here's some houses that you won't get <laughs> now for something completely different from what you have like okay thank, thank you very much <laughs> Okay, but fine. I mean, if you were a certain kind of American, and they probably didn't know you well enough to know whether you were this person or not, you know, you would have then quit your job and done nothing with your life but stake out those houses for right. you know the rest of eternity, and been like, I live next to this person. They're so rich. It's so cool. <laughs> you know, so you know, just on the off chance that they were hooking you up with, you know, your life's calling of uh, chasing, chasing I guess. around. Because you know? they're not even like famous rich. In LA that this happened yeah, i know i know well i know right you weren't looking for an apartment in los angeles no because these aren't even yeah. famous rich people they're just like rich people experience. they're like boring right. rich people it's not even like you've got the <laughs> entertainment hollywood ryan seacrest rich people they're, they're, this know is, that. you know we, well most of them are just random we rich people by fame well, <laughs> i suppose <laughs> fame happens people <laughs> like people some fame please cash and then they're famous so, you know, I mean, Paris Hilton, nobody heard of her, and she's like, here, leak this yeah. onto the internet. That's yeah. true. Now I will buy fame. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think so, rich people's stores know. are like? I don't mean the stores that we know to be rich that we can watch. I'm talking about stores that we may never have heard of that only rich people shop at. What are those like? Like, that must be just... Is it just like the rich person's Disneyland? What What is a rich person's store? Because the customer service has to be ridiculous. Like, the stuff they sell you is just stuff well, no one in the world needs. Like, well, what would that be like? Well, well, you know, like, clothing stores and stuff like that. Usually, the wealthy go to a place where they can just sit and have champagne and stuff. And then the personal shopper will have compiled a bunch of clothing. The personal shopper? Yeah, there's personal shoppers would have compiled all of these different clothing clothes. They hire these people? Yes. You've never heard of this before? I'm in a nightmare. And so they will have compiled all these you clothes. You really? I never heard of personal shoppers, uh, Greg? I, uh, really? 
Uh, I work in the tenderloin, and I've heard of personal shoppers. <laughs> Your personal you shoppers in the tenderloin are a bit different, my friend. <laughs> They're shopping for something else, personally. <laughs> Yo, man, I'll get you some more of the crack. Where you just, I'll just, I'll no. just come buy some. These are unlinked things. <laughs> okay. These no. are unrelated. I mean, I have heard of personal assistants who do shopping. I had certainly heard that, and not just any shopping, but like, no, for no. example, Tiffany, just my ex-girlfriend, worked at Saks Fifth Avenue, and she worked on the eighth floor of that store. Had sweaters that were five thousand sweaters. So, I mean, I guess I had seen things that were in the... But even that apparently wasn't really rich stuff. That was just sort of, you know, lower middle class rich somehow. A lot of the people that would buy those kind of clothing, they're not the ones going to the stores. They'll go there maybe and someone... They don't have time. They, they will... <laughs> yeah. Right. They have, you know, a salon I mean, appointment I, yeah. or... But, um, no, they, they'll, have, they'll have called ahead and... So they'll have already compiled all the clothing that they think this person might like, and then they'll go in, and they'll try it all on, and then they'll say this, yes, yes, no, no, yes, this, no. And um, and then they, 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 you know, say, you know, you have my card, and then they leave. And wow. then it's all delivered later. Wow. You think they send him a text message? <laughs> LOL, best sweater, STR. It's checked C-H-K-T out. Well, because a lot of the new millionaires, a lot of the new rich people, apparently, like Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, these kind of internet, you know, billionaires apparently tend not to act quite like the sort of standard, you know, old money rich people do. So I wonder whether they go shopping at their own places or if they have personal shoppers. You've seen how Mark Cuban dresses. Mark Cuban clearly buys for himself. He even has a blog, dude. He's clearly do you know that? There. Mark Cuban has his own blog. Which he blogs on regularly. That does not surprise me in any way. Yeah. And you know it's for sure him? Yeah, it is. Well, he's been fined for it. He says it all the time. He talks about it. He likes hanging, you know, he's an internet geek, you know, and he likes hanging with people that, you know. He's been fined sure. for it? He's been fined, well, because he's blogged stuff like, he'll watch a game, and then he blogs like, what the hell is with these FNNBA NBA like, referees? Pieces of crap. Yeah. And it's like, $15,000. Exactly. He's like, all right, I'll pay it out of petty cash. Here, just, you know, here's some spare change I have lying around. Yeah. Yeah. You're disparaging the league. <laughs> Why can't he do that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Because you're not allowed to do that. You can't, coaches can't do that either, you know. If you get, uh, if you get done with the game, you can't come off the game and be like, these refs are pieces of crap that ought to go throw themselves in the league. You can't do Why that. Why not? Because it's it's basically, yeah, as the story says, it's disparaging the league. You're basically undercutting the image of the league. You uh. handle that stuff privately. If you have a complaint, like you deal with a commissioner directly, but you can't, you can't do, as baseball players, you can't do that either. If you're a manager, you can't come off the field and be like, the umpire is a moron. Like, you can't okay. say any of this. You All can't right, even say it. he's stupid. You, I got it. Anything. No, death threats are okay. Yeah. Right. None of the other stuff. I'll kill you. All right. It's just death threats. And it was a bad call. That's $20,000. Let's let's keep it let's keep it fair here. Let's right. keep it on the death threat side. Would, would Mark Cuban uh, story we then... We can institute that policy on the map report. Anything that you say disparaging of the map report, we'll fine you. Yeah. Put in the map report, kitty. That wasn't funny what? at all. $10,000. I'll kill you. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anytime a joke crashes, yeah, that would be great. We would all owe a lot of money. Yeah, that'd that would be tremendous. Be, that would make us <laughs> real, real poor, real fast. <laughs> what were you gonna say? But all equivalently all poor because we'd only be paying each other. Yeah. And I was like, and case in point. <laughs> and for yeah. example, well, no, I was just saying that Mark Cuban would have to be your famous, your favorite rich person, right? 
Because, you know, he blogs, he wears regular clothing. He blogs and he wears shabby clothes. And he likes basketball. Um, these, surprisingly, are not my two top criteria of respect. <laughs> in this world. Well, but he wears, know you know, you may, he likes basketball. I think they're high on the list. They're, that's sort of like what caricature story. Like when you and Russ are pretending <laughs> that you're me when I'm not there. It's like, oh, oh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's my hero because he has superficial similarities to Russ's and Greg's opinion of me. <laughs> yeah. But, and he also would like, Mark, because, again, everyone turns into that person. Exactly. Well, it would devolve into that. Okay, good. Right. So, uh, remarkably, there's a little more texture to me. Okay. Uh, not a lot. Who is your favorite rich person, then? Is it Ted Turner? Who's your favorite, like, who's your favorite rich person? I'm sorry, is this something that everyone is always supposed to have? Like, a qu- no, just story. Answers to questions. Just story. No, just story. Just standard just story. Who's your favorite suicidal maniac? <laughs> who's your favorite That's the equivalent of a rich person? upwards of 9,500 people. Or rich people. Who's your favorite? Favorite despot. Um, it's like when you have a kid, you, te- you teach them. Republican right. Who's advocated segregation. Exactly. Yeah. What's your favorite color? <laughs> who's your favorite rich person? Well, I mean, you know. Okay. okay. Who's your favorite Nazi? All right. All right. So Hitler? to you, rich Google? people are Nazis Come and mass on, murderers? People. I just want to make sure I'm clear about this. I mean, sort Sort of. Sort of. I mean, you know, sort I don't of. think that I don't think there's much of a bridge there. I mean, they're they're all like people that, on face, you would treat with distaste. Like until you have more information, you are biased against them. Okay. They are definitely in that category. All right. So yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. Ichiro. Ichiro's. I like Ichiro. That's true. Ichiro's awesome. He's famous. Um, does he has, does he do any there, anything like uh, any charities or anything like? Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think so. So you just like him? I don't know him? enough about him. So I it's mean, just like, you, know, you like him and he's a millionaire. I just like him. <laughs> just like him. <laughs> I like him and he's fat. Basically, <laughs> if you're a Seattle money. Mariner, you've um, made stories top <laughs> list of famous you know. rich people. Congratulations. You're great. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's, that's up there. Yeah. And he plays uh, for Seattle until he leaves in free agency at the end of this year, in which case I will hate him. Right. Promptly. Exactly. Um, no, you know, but, uh. Uh, no, there's um, there's got to be some advocates for you know peace and justice who happen to have made money. Most of them don't stay rich very long, though. I mean, that's what about Ted Turner? You know, he gave a billion dollars to the United Nations. Sort of hypocritical. You know, that was a good good move. That was a good move. I do like some of Ted Turner's stuff. His business practices. A little shady at times. I mean, that's the thing. It's difficult because I don't know who you can forgive and and where the line is with this. It's a really interesting question because, like, Bill Gates, clearly the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is poised to do more aggregate good in a minute than anyone else has dreamt of in a long time, Right. right? So, but then what do you think of Bill Gates in the end? You're like, well... He had totally cutthroat business practices. Right. He sold products that nobody needed and right. planned obsolescence for millions and millions and millions of people, right. forcing them to waste money, limiting their access to good technology. And then he turned around and, you know, did all this wonderful stuff. So really, it's really tough. Yeah. So Where really, we did all that stuff. That? So really, we're our favorite millionaire because we gave him all the money and then he's giving it away. 
Yeah, exactly. We're, we we have we own a little piece of that, you know, to the extent to which we were. It's like a class action charity. <laughs> class action. You know, to the extent to which you were harmed by this. Oh, nice. Then you turn around That's and good. claim credit for the wonderful things that you did. Congratulations. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and now, now that I say that, you know, Bono comes to mind because Bono, yeah. you too, was not there you go. on the backs of screwing people over, right? So right. he's got to be way up there. Plus, he's Irish, you know. Exactly. So <laughs> Plus, he's so, Irish. Yeah, you too's got to, you know, bon- Bono's got to be way up there. I'm, I'm going to go with Bono. Bono, I Solid declare choice. momentarily is my favorite rich person. What about uh, so, Angelina uh, Jolie, who's got UN Goodwill Ambassador and all that other kind of stuff? Apparently, allegedly, because she actually meant it. Yeah. And has been entirely neutral with the rest of her life. I mean, there is nothing. I'm not sure I have a person I could feel more neutral about than Angelina Jolie. Like <laughs> she's like she she's like Creed, right? Or Collective Soul, terrible, the band and that you nothing yeah. particularly good. Yeah, Collective Soul. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the Collective, collective Soul. Collective Soul, the absolute median of bands. <laughs> so you know, the radio song that you don't change but you don't listen to. You just sort of wait. Yeah. Like, well, this is this is an average song experience. This is about what I expect when I tune into the radio. I am nonplussed, but uh, but not upset. I can sort of sing along, but I'm not really sure I know all the words. My heart rate that's is not increased. You know, yeah, either that's way. The term yeah. we used. You know, so yeah. that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So Angelina Jolie, in my opinion, she is collective soul. I don't understand <laughs> the like raving thing about her hotness. You know, oh, she's like, hot. I definitely think she's the most overrated oh, and attractiveness no. actress no, of no, all no. time. Uh, you know, but friend. I can't hold that against her. Like, it's not like, you know, she's horrendous. She is sort of a neutral actress in quality. She has never been in anything great or terrible. Uh, yeah, she's collective soul. So, <laughs> you know, but then she turns around and tries to do this charity stuff. The thing is, though, I feel like with Angelina Jolie, and maybe this is wrong of me, maybe this is weird, I don't trust it. Bill Gates, I trust it because no. he has no reason to do anything no. that anybody doesn't want. No, because he I, totally I do didn't it. do it I, until I uh, Turner called Ted him Turner out. Turner shamed him into right. it. I mean, he totally didn't I mean, do it I'm for not years. Saying, oh, he's a great person. I'm not saying, oh, he's a great person, like, oh, let him into heaven. I'm just saying, you know. Because <laughs> he's already I, out of there. I sort of, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of, I sort of <sighs> trust. You know, I trust that he is doing it sincerely, that he does want to see good come out of it. Okay, well, now, so I, that, that's the very funny thing. It's like, I want to make sure... Yeah, because I'm yeah. the exact opposite. I honestly trust Angelina Jolie, because she's been doing it back before she... As soon as she, I mean, she's, you know, a famous person's okay. daughter. So she's like Bono. Bono she's been doing, doing it the whole, whole life. Yeah. While Gates, he's just a little... Right. Who I wow. think just got called out Hello. and then maybe had, you know, his wife and then got kids and has somewhat bought a conscious. But Why really is her computer shut down? Ooh, <laughs> this is impossible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to Microsoft XU. <laughs> oh, jeez. You mean F U? No, I mean X U, little XP version. Well, yeah. uh, although I'd like to go on with this discussion about Windows no. and other things, um, I must Uh-oh. say that we are coming to the end. We've actually uh. gone past uh, the hour, and I have a feeling that if we get okay. into this, we will we will extend well beyond <laughs> anything, and we will yeah. irritate the people that power our computer, which might be bad for the MEP report. I don't know. Um, but when we that's really all, Greg. It's actually thirty-seven minutes, and Greg's shutting us down for that reason alone. He's like, Quick, abort, abort! That's a great show. Yeah, all right, Let's that's a wrap. Well, I told. Stop. 
Would you like to thank oh, Windows yeah. Vista, our sponsor? <laughs> and, uh, I told oh, you yeah. that my dad had two Go separate. Buy your Microsoft product. My dad had two separate opportunities to uh, to hurt. Uh, Bill Gates. Yeah, he actually babysat for him once. He babysat for him when my dad was. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, and then another time. Um, what a role. My dad was driving uh, down the. You would st- think a robot would be doing that by now. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, he uh, babysat a I guess like a middle school or high school age uh, Bill Gates. Control controls activate. And then he oh, okay. um and then he was also driving wow. down the street near Bill Gates' house, who was walking d- down the street with his wife and he totally could have like you know hit him or something like that it would have been murder naturally but right. you know we're just talking about the greater good <laughs> exactly but, you know if you're by someone's house you know it's different that gives you the right to do whatever you want but anyway let's it's not talk about murdering bill gates plus. because that's wrong that's our show <laughs> we'll see everybody next week no, no. With this. go on well russ will be back with us next week thanks yeah. to clear for guest starring and getting us in getting us in trouble thanks as always for listening and checking us out vote Yay. to all those good things and uh we'll see you next week uh say goodbye everybody <laughs> goodbye everybody what's up with those end music <laughs> Windows XP is an unusual experience. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you tried Vista today? <laughs> Everyone else says. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron, or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at MEPReport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross.